I'd like to talk about a tool we use called Swords and Shields. Uh, and I like that because it's uh, brutally simple and I like simple things, but it's been very effective. And with every year that passes, we, we find ourselves using it more and more. Much more from Andy in a bit. First some context. Our planet and our society are facing big and complex challenges. Stakeholders expect companies to step up and make a difference. The pressure they apply has changed the landscape. Organizational purpose and positive impact are rapidly becoming a necessity. This leads to a pressing question, how to make purpose work. Today, Andy Last, CEO at Mullen Lower Salt, will share his insights and open this series of our podcast. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Andy, and thank you. Thanks, Leah. Good to be here. So, would you mind introducing your company and also share your personal connection to purpose and positive impact? Sure. Uh, so, Mullen Low Salt, uh, I set up uh, the company Salt uh, 21 years ago with uh, my business partner and best friend, Richard. Uh, we sold it to the Mullen Low Group uh, four years ago now. So, we're now Mullen Low Salt uh, and we help businesses integrate purpose and sustainability uh, into their businesses um, so it can make a positive impact uh, for the world and for their businesses. Personally, uh, my journey here started a long time ago. Um, I've done a lot of work over the years and learned a lot from Unilever, a uh, great Anglo-Dutch company. Um, I grew up near Port Sunlight, uh, just opposite Liverpool, where Unilever was founded or Lever Brothers was founded and grew up hearing lots of the stories about the founding of that company and things like Lifebuoy Soap, uh, which was built, which was created as a brand to help people save lives, uh, say protect their lives, but also uh, to help the company sell more salt. So that integration between business and society was there uh, from a very young age as, as a story. And then many years later, when I was working for Unilever, uh, I went to Kenya in 2006 and saw some of the programs Lifebuoy Soap was running uh, there to help people protect their lives but also drive business growth and um, that's what rekindled uh, that, that rekindled the story for me and, and helped us create a, a business that was purely based on on purpose and sustainability that's super interesting thanks for sharing that um, before you continue I would like to explain a bit about the setup of this interview there are three segments we'll start with some key aspects to positive impact followed by one uh, specific action that delivered on positive impact and then we'll finish with an organizational tool that you find helpful in your positive impact journey. So, first, some key aspects to positive impact. I'm going to ask you eight questions in four minutes. Are okay. you ready? I am. Great. There we go. As someone that's making positive impact work, you may need to push boundaries. When does it make sense to lead and when is it best to follow? So, our business, the biggest impact we can make is through, our, you know, we're a, 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 we're a consultancy. The biggest impact we can make is through our clients. Um, so our job is to push them um, to integrate purpose and sustainability more fully in, in their businesses. So in, in that sense, we're advising them, uh, we're helping them, but definitely they're leading. Thank you. Then the next question is, how has leadership style changed to make purpose work? Um, I think we have to listen, and, and I'm as guilty as this of the rest, but we have to listen to, to young people, Generation Z, the millennials coming up. Um, that has become easier for us as a business I'll come on to this later when we became a B Corp uh, and us having that B Corp status gave every young person in our organization uh, a rallying call really and a, and a stick to beat us with if we ever 
um, weren't true to true to that that um, essence. And what is the most effective behavior you see around you that supports positive impact? Uh, I think for me, it's integrating it to business, not being scared of business, not being scared of linking purpose and positive impact to profit. Uh, because if you don't do those things, uh, positive impact, purpose, sustainability doesn't last. Um, and and that, that's the key for me, always linking it uh, to business and not being scared of, uh, of the P word, the profit, P for profit word. <laughs> exactly. And which three organizational tools do you find most useful in your positive impact journey? Uh, we have a number of tools uh, that we use, with, that we've developed over, over the last 20 years. One is the Ascend model we use, uh, which helps ensure that um, a social purpose is fully integrated to a business. Uh, second one is something we call Swords and Shields. So identifying all the different things a business should and can do uh, to drive positive impact. Uh, which of those are swords with which you can go on the attack? Uh, and which of those are shields, which are just as important, but um, they're more reactive. Um, and the third is uh, a business drivers model we have, which is identifying which positive business impact uh, a social program is going to deliver on, whether that's sales or marketing, employee engagement or license to operate. And name the three types of stakeholders that have the biggest impact on your organization's positive impact journey. And rank them in order of impact. So we're a consultancy, we're an agency. Our customers are the most important um, stakeholder for us because uh, we don't have customers. We, we can't achieve, really can't achieve much impact. And the big impact we can have is through these, the large multinationals we work with. So they're, they're first. A close second is our people. We can't do the work without our people. We have a very motivated and expert uh, group of people. Uh, they're the second. And third is probably our owners. Um, you know, the first 16 years of our journey were without owners. We've had owners who are partners for the last four years and, and our ability to achieve more is, is dependent on, uh, on doing it through them and their network. And I'd rank them in that order, customers, people and owners. Thanks. And how do you stay informed and connected to your highest ranking st uh, stakeholders or your customer? Talk to them. Um, <laughs> talk to them, listen to their needs, be empathetic uh, to what they're trying to achieve and the balances. Uh, they have to find uh, and do good work for them. You don't do, we're only as good as our last project, so do good work for them and, and listen. And which benefits do you see from putting positive impact front and center for your organization? Um, I think uh, the, the two benefits for me are one, um, it differentiates us. This, this is all we do. We work in purpose and sustainability, so it differentiates us, differentiates us from the competition. There are plenty of consultants and agencies out there who are talking about purpose now um, the fact that we are genuine to it and it is all we do uh, that drives gives us a competitive advantage in the marketplace and the second is the talent we can acquire um, purpose and sustainability enables us to attract better smarter uh, young talent uh, and that that's a real benefit to us i'm sure there's also downsides which one do you notice um i think it's interesting the Purpose and sustainability tends to be an intervention we make in businesses. So most of our work has, has become project-based rather than long-term uh, retainer contracts. And, and that brings difficulties. We're constantly having to uh, think about the next project. Um, so that, that makes business planning a little more tricky, um, but we're getting used to it. Okay, thanks. That uh, concludes the segment on key aspects. Next, I would like to learn more 
about a specific action that has delivered a positive impact. So could you name and describe the action and share why it matters to you? So we, um, when the B Corp movement, we were obviously aware of the B Corp movement, companies like uh, Ben & Jerry's, uh, Patagonia, famously B Corps. Uh, when it came to the UK, our business is based in the UK, uh, in 2015, uh, a number of the people involved in it got in touch and said, you know, are you interested? Uh, and we looked at it and it made a lot of sense um, to us as a business. As I say, we'd been working in purpose and sustainability for a long time, uh, but lots of people were beginning to talk about it. So it was important for us to demonstrate that we were walking the walk as well as talking the talk. Uh, so going through the B Corp assessment, we were in the first batch of, of UK businesses to be accredited as a B Corp. Going through that process was was very important for us and very helpful. Um, there were a number of things we were doing already in terms of um, uh, we're, we're a business consultancy, so our environmental impacts weren't huge, but there were some things going through that assessment we could do more on, which we did. Um, the positive impact we had through our clients uh, was there. That, that, that was the work we did, but we were able to put in a, some more things to measure that impact uh, more fully. Uh, and uh, some of the, the the way we ran our business again, we 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 had set ourselves up to be a good business that that treated its people well. Uh, but again, going through that accreditation process enabled us to sharpen up on a few things. So it was it was a really important process for us, and it um, it it threw up some uh, some challenges in terms of getting access to measurement, um, uh, but also the 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 community we then became part of and the ability it gave us to say to clients look you we want to help you go on a positive impact journey and, and we've been doing that ourselves and put ourselves made ourselves open to external scrutiny uh, and measurement which i think is is an important uh, important thing um so it gave us that benefit as an organization to be able to distinguish ourselves um and then the, the second the unexpected benefit was um in terms of talent as I say, it's a key stakeholder for us, the talent in our business. Becoming a B Corp did give us a badge which was attractive to new talent to come and want to work for us. Um, but then when we, when they were in the business, um, I think it's lots of businesses talk about innovation and wanting uh, flat structures and wanting to encourage ideas to come up from uh, from the more junior members of the team. But that's often easier said than done. Uh, and it's very difficult sometimes for for a junior person to say to the senior people, "Look, I think your strategy is a bit wrong here," uh, and that that's a very difficult thing to say. However, sort of open and friendly and and amenable, uh, we try to make ourselves. Becoming a B Corp made that much easier um, for people. They were just able to say anything we did. They were just able to ask the perfectly innocent question, "Well, is is that B Corp?" And that was a way, I think, of just giving them a voice and giving them a very strong voice and once they've used that voice a couple of times it becomes easier for them so i certainly think in terms of uh creating an organization uh which was open to new ideas and new thinking and you can't you know you can't follow every idea that that, that comes up in the business uh, but it made us much more open to innovation uh, and it's created a culture i think where uh, that, that that b corp has helped us maintain a culture where people feel a sense of ownership and empowerment um, in the future of the business. That's very interesting. It creates a kind of a, a neutral playground 
the, yes. the, the, the fact that you're a B Corp, then yeah. you become a neutral, uh, it becomes neutral. You can discuss it. It's open. It's expected. Exactly. exactly. And that, uh, wasn't, that was unexpected from going through the process. So we went through the process to differentiate ourselves from in the marketplace. Uh, but I think that's had a more lasting benefit for us inside the business. Okay, thank you. Then I'm going to go uh, to the last segment. Um, sure. And that is about a tool, an organizational tool that you find useful in an organization's passive impact journey. Uh, you already mentioned three, mm-hmm. um, but now I want to deep dive a bit. So I want to ask you three questions about that. Um, so the first is, which organizational tool did you choose and why? Um, I'd like to talk about a tool we use called Swords and Shields. Uh, and I like that because it's uh, brutally simple and I like simple things, but it's been very effective. And with every year that passes, we, we find ourselves using it more and more and it, and it becomes more socialized across a lot of the work we do. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a really helpful tool that, that anyone could use. Shall I describe I it? It's also very graphic. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, please. I think it's also yeah, very it's, graphic because I immediately is. have this, this, this powerful image. Yeah. Well, it, it lends itself to uh, Lord of the Rings and, and Game of Thrones <laughs> images in, in PowerPoint uh, decks exactly. as well. So it's, yeah. it, it's, um, it's just to say when companies do lots of things and can do lots of things and when they've done those things, there's almost a sense that they want to talk about everything they've done. Um, and I think one, one of the early ones of these we does is a great example of, of what we mean by swords and shields. So we were doing some work with Kimberly Clark, uh, the world's biggest paper company. They make uh, lots of toilet tissue brands, uh, face tissue, nappies, feminine hygiene project uh, products, and you know one to two billion people every day use use one of their products. So a hu- huge company, uh, but because they're involved in paper. Um, the whole notion of deforestation and sustainable sourcing of paper is is front and center and um that's clearly a very important issue for them years ago they they would be the target of greenpeace attacks because deforestation was was one of the big is one of the big the priorities for greenpeace and organizations like that so kimberly clark had in place it's it's in their interest to have sustainable sourcing of paper because they need to keep being able to source paper if if they're going to have the products that they uh, want to sell uh, so they had sustainable sourcing in place and they wanted to talk about that quite rightly and they had uh, forest forestry stewardship council logos on pack and but because they were doing so much they wanted to talk about more and started bringing out eco brands and, and those sort of things and they weren't really working with consumers very well and that they weren't working i think for a couple of reasons one it wasn't core to that brand promise uh, any uh, fast-moving consumer good needs to have a very straightforward and simple brand promise rather than trying to communicate too many messages in um, especially in low low consideration categories so one was this eco message was an additional message um, and secondly it didn't really help with the sort of quality message they were trying to prove if you look at the, the toilet tissues they're all about improving the standard of clean and adding a sort of eco message to that wasn't necessarily uh, in line with that, particularly when you know consumers are spending two or three seconds thinking about which toilet tissue to buy. So what we said was, all the things you're doing on sustainable sourcing of paper, they they are really important to you as a business. You you have to do them because it's the right thing to do, because you're going to be attacked by Greenpeace and others if you don't, and because it will ensure you have a sustainable supply of paper. Really important, 
but it's a shield. Uh, it's not a, really a message to go out on the front foot with consumers because A, it's not the key message for any of the brands. Uh, and B, it's um, the message you're saying is, well, you probably weren't thinking about forests being cut down, but that's a part of potentially the sourcing of paper, but we don't do it in an unsustainable way. And that's, it's not a brilliant message. It's really important to have in place. You need to have all the accreditation in place. You need to have it on your website for people who want to know. You need to be able to tell your retailers and your investors about it. But it's not necessarily a sword uh, to go on the front foot with consumers. However, uh, a toilet tissue brand tackling the issue of poor sanitation is a great thing to do. It's a very obvious thing for a toilet tissue to be involved in. We help them create a program, a pilot program in the UK uh, to partner with UNICEF uh, to tackle the sanitation crisis initially in Angola and Mozambique. That's now become a global program for Kimberly Clark across multiple uh, markets and brands. And it enables them uh, to stay true to the sort of core brand positioning of elevating the standard of clean. This is how we're elevating the standard of clean, not only in the products you buy, but in other parts of the world where uh, there's, a, there's a sort of uh, a desperate need. Uh, but it also enabled them to form stronger relationships with retailers who would then put the uh, the brands with the UNICEF partnership front of store, uh, which would help improve their sales. And I think that that for me is, is a great example of swords and shields. The, both are equally important, but one is much more uh, relevant for your marketing and consume, uh, and communications to go on the front foot, whereas the other is, is a shield. And if you're going into battle, you need swords and shields, but it's really important to understand which is which and to use them appropriately. I find it's very interesting how you move from planet to people and then yes. you shift the message and then it becomes yeah. more natural and it becomes more interesting for people to, to align with it. I, I think that's true. Uh, and we did a big piece of research with Gen Z um, five or six years ago now, which found that they were much more engaged in people issues. People are more engaged in people issues. I exactly the point. I think that's beginning to shift. I think the, the, the shifting focus and, and the imminent threat of climate change and the fact that we have generations growing up for whom climate change has been a reality uh, throughout yeah. throughout their childhood um, means that it is easier to engage people on environmental issues now um, but 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 it is easier to engage people on, on social issues about yeah as you say people are interested in people yeah I was more thinking a little bit more about that um, mm. Because in the end, people just want a product that works. So that's yes. how to reach them, I guess. Yeah. More than the, the other benefits. Well, I think, but I also yeah. think that the creating a, a social mission where you where that brand is driving a social impact that is relevant to that product category, as sanitation is to toilet tissue, that is in line with the brand story, uh, and also drives a uh, a commercial benefit it's, it's tied into the business one of the issues with toilet tissue is it's relegated to uh sort of the the hidden parts of the store and people don't think about it much so if you're able to do a program that brings it to the front of the store and attaches a sort of uh interesting and and grabbing uh message to it uh then it drives the business and one that that ascend model i mentioned before is how we link link a social program or a sister or environmental program to the core business drivers so so it lasts as i say we, we developed this program for 
their toilet tissue brand, the Andrex brand in the UK in 2014. And it's become a global program because it links directly to the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I find it super interesting. I never thought of it in that way, but I even uh, visually uh, see the difference between yeah. forest management or uh, helping people with their sanitation. That's sure. very interesting. And you have to do both, but you need to understand which is the sword and which is the shield. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, okay. Well, that was the final segment. So, Andy, uh, thank you very much for sharing all your insights that, and that for opening quickly. the show. It was uh, <laughs> yeah. it went super quick. It yeah. was a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks. Right. Um, I want to uh, have a quick word to the audience. Uh, visit our website if you want to watch, listen, or read this interview with Andy Last. makingpurposework.com slash blog. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to like, share, and follow through our LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Um, and thanks for watching or listening. I hope to see you again on our next show. Thanks.